With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Shin today wa kono mirai da Skyju tenbu kaete shimai ba This is the One Piece podcast for the week of Monday, October 31st. Halloween! Ooh. <laughs> Spooky. 2022. My name is Steve. My name is Jill. And I'm Josh. And this is the Film Red podcast yet to be de- name determined yet to be determined <laughs> uh, the, the the film red triple exclusive <laughs> name to be determined Jill and Josh <laughs> plus Steve yeah exactly <laughs> so uh yeah so the uh if somehow if you're unaware the manga is on break this week and with nothing else to talk about and uh, talking to the audience, I <laughs> none of us were feeling that either. So uh, we de- uh, we decided, I guess this was the right time to uh, strike and talk about One Piece Film Red. And yes, we're aware that most of you have not seen it yet. <laughs> yeah, but this way we can be first on the scene. Uh, yes, we can scoop yeah. them, scoop all the rest. Yeah, of the One we could be podcast. exclusive totally because that's what the <laughs> that's 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 what uh, monetizing your opinion is all about now on the internet is just being first. Yeah, you have the takes so. first and loudest, and therefore you win. That's why people yes. like it when you comment first on every video. You've got to make sure you're up there for that internet cred. <laughs> and uh, I already know that the image I'm going to draw for this episode is just going to be uh, a bunch of arrows pointing at Uta. And you know, maybe a shock expression, like, she did this? <laughs> you won't believe what Uta did in this movie. <laughs> Please subscribe. <laughs> Slam that button, ring that bell. Uh, but in case you were unaware, of course, uh, One Piece Film Red came out in Japan uh, back in August. They premiered the Japanese version in the U.S. Uh, during New York Comic Con earlier this month in October, and they announced shortly after that that they were premiering the English dub of Film Red at the Los Angeles uh, Animation is Film Festival, and uh, we all just had to make an appearance. So, you know, it, it, it's our backyard. 
Yeah, they um, yeah. they they turned on the giant spotlight over the Hollywood Bowl uh, that says Steve mm-hmm. and Jill and Josh on it. <laughs> And that's that's when we knew where and when to show up. And I still mm-hmm. almost got lost, even with the giant <laughs> light in the s- Jill signal in the sky. And then I got there, and I didn't even know if I had a ticket. <laughs> and then it's we okay. got there, and it's they okay played listener. the wrong version. <laughs> it's okay, listeners. I was first in line, so <laughs> yeah, I I tip my hat to to Josh. Uh, you know, we walked in there, and there there you were, front of the line. It's like it's my dude right yeah. here. It's like. One piece, one piece podcast represent hashtag uh, we are Maji. Uh, you were also there earlier in the day seeing another movie. So um, that is untrue. I uh, oh. well, oh. I did see a movie earlier in the day. Um, I saw um, Oni earlier that morning. Uh, Oni Thunder. Another Godstow. red movie. Yes, uh, yeah, it's very red. Um, but we did go home because we had like five hours in between. Oh wow, coward! Not <laughs> just gonna stay at the theater. You know what? Uh, I, I deserve uh, that. I deserve that. Well, well Jill, Ed, considering how much you got lost when you arrived, uh, you should be well aware that no one wants to hang out in Hollywood. <laughs> well, okay. Indeed. The funniest thing was I didn't get lost driving there. That was actually fine. Although I did pay $30 in parking because I panicked and picked the first one I saw and then <gasps> oh, walked no. a block and found $4 parking. Um, so I just gave up at that point. <laughs> but I couldn't find the entrance to the theater. Uh, I think I wandered for about 20 minutes <laughs> and eventually just went in the exit door and no one stopped me and then i saw steve so yeah, it, that, yeah that, and that's I, not your fault the chinese the, the grumman's chinese theater is extremely confusing because <laughs> yeah. the, the the entire compound of the building is hidden behind the facade on hollywood boulevard yeah um, if I you think the actual the 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 chinese uh exterior is the theater uh no not really i mean there is a theater in there right or not i yeah, or is that just uh, I've, or I've never is it been, a facade? I, yeah, I've never been to that part because the um I'm only ever there for animation as film. Um yeah. and uh they do the film festival in like the general theater area. So it, there might be like a like a special premiere place where like Meryl Streep gets to go. Um but I wouldn't <laughs> know because I've never been there. <laughs> but to access the commoner theater, you have to uh yeah. solve a lab <laughs> like a labyrinthian puzzle to get up there. Yeah, I didn't what? even see the exterior. Like, I don't know how to explain this, but I was like inside a mall and there's a bunch yeah. of stores. I I found the theater by sheer fucking luck. I don't yeah, know. Hollywood, Hollywood's mostly a mall. Yeah. A mall and then people in costume and with snakes uh, on the street. Yeah, like um, off-model Supermans you'll run into. Yeah. It's awful. But... Uh, I did take a photo of it of Film Red out on like the marquee, kinda. You know that was amazing to see because you know that's where they put all um I don't know the Meryl Streep movies uh to yeah. see so to, <laughs> so, to, so to see Film so, Red up there like, that this is the highest by the way this is the highest grossing movie that's not a Meryl Streep movie so. <laughs> so really how good could it be <laughs> I mean until they announce the next one One Piece Film Streep. Uh, <laughs> She'd star as Meryl Streep. Yeah, <laughs> that would be incredible. <laughs> but I, feel, it was... I feel like Frankie would be a Meryl Streep fan. I see that. Uh, but it was it, it was funny because uh, I I don't know if I've discussed this on the podcast. Maybe when we did a Stampede commentary, but uh, Jill saw Stampede with me at least once, I think, yeah. and. 
And I don't know about you guys, and this isn't a matter of preference whether you like subs or subs or dubs. I don't think it's ever. I don't know if there uh, there's ever been times I was like, oh, I got to see the dub. All that. You, you, like I feel like half the time it's either people want to go see the original Japanese version, or they have a conniption fit when the idea of an English dub exists, and I don't understand that, but. Uh, I, I think there's a, a, a trend of a lot of non-weebs being uh, projectionists uh, at movie theaters and not understanding the concept of different audio tracks. Because uh, I know I've been to some screenings where it's like, oh, this is the dub or this is the sub, and they play the opposite. Uh, we saw film read at the Universal, C- uh, the Universal yeah. City Theater, and it was my – at that point, it was – my third time seeing stampede but i was like cool i want to see the dub this will probably be my last time seeing this movie cool and i'm sitting next to like maddie and jill and if you're if you, if you don't remember stampede starts with like you know complete darkness and you hear blackbeard's laugh blackbeard took a breath in that movie and i turn to these two and i say this is the sub <laughs> it was instant like the first syllable we all knew immediately this is the wrong version and you know what we we sat there for like a minute we're like hmm what do we do in this situation and i i did and probably someone else went up and told them it was the wrong version but they don't care or or no. it, they're on a schedule to the point where they're not allowed to stop anything so we just all watched that movie sub <laughs> and then I wound up, and then I went and saw it a fourth time at the ArcLight, where they 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 got their shit together. They know they had someone like introduce the movie, and be like this is uh, One Piece uh, Stampede, the English version, and I'm like, oh, better be, <laughs> it mm-hmm. better be. Uh, but uh, so I went into this movie knowing I'm like these these Uta songs aren't going to be dubbed; they're going to be just in Japanese, and I really knew next to nothing about this movie so i think i was saying to jill I'm like hey uh just in case this movie like starts with a song and you're confused by it's japanese don't be I, just the songs aren't translated uh and uh, this isn't a huge spoiler the movie starts with a narration and immediately i'm like what the fuck is going on <laughs> Because it's the English dub premiere. They had the some of the cast there. <laughs> and I'm like, there's no way they're going to play the sub after all this. Uh, but they stopped a few minutes in. And the great joke was like, hope you enjoyed that little preview of the Japanese version, which you could see in a few weeks. It was uh, so funny that they started with the Japanese. Because, when you know, like we were saying, when Stampede happened, we knew immediately that it was the wrong version just on Blackbeard. But we get to this, and the narrator's going in Japanese, and in my head, I'm like, that's an interesting choice. Why did they do that in Japanese? Is this an odd pre-movie thing? Because then they continued having people in Japanese. I was like, maybe this is a strange trailer. And then it goes yeah. into the actual cast, and I was like, hold on, this is a mistake. I, I simply forgot that we were seeing the dub, so I'm like kicking my feet while the narrator's talking, just, you know, thrilled for a One Piece movie in theaters. Um and was surprised when the lights came on, and they're like, "Hope you enjoyed that <laughs> that preview of the sub." Uh, I confused just, about why they stopped the movie. I don't know why they had the sub because, like, this—they're only one showing, right? And it was the dub. It, I, I think, like, I, at this point, movies are literally just like they're Blu-rays. You, <laughs> you 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 pay to sit in a theater and watch a Blu-ray. Yeah, I think the original audio track probably just comes with the movie they gave them. Yeah, and. Uh... I know it's always fascinating going to a theater 
where they don't have weebs working, where it's like you're watching the <laughs> Japanese version. It's like, I'm like, this is the closed caption English dub subtitles. This isn't the sub subtitles. <laughs> and yeah, like, what am I gonna like? Excuse me. It's like, it's yeah, pro- projectionism needs higher dork representation. I think I, I agree. I think I think our good friend Mike Patton would agree. Uh, <laughs> uh, but let's dial it back a little bit. Let's just talk about film Reddit stuff because this movie, uh, wow, it is uh, it's it it was a big freaking deal and it continues to be. Um, let's see, as of uh, October twenty third of this year. <laughs> Uh, it's grossed uh, 17.36 billion yen. <laughs> uh, it's it's now the highest grossing One Piece film. Uh, the highest uh, grossing film of uh, 2022 in Japan. Uh, the sixth highest grossing anime film in Japan. The ninth highest grossing film of all time in Japan. And Josh, what what other ranking do you have for me? Uh, So globally, uh, outside of just uh, the domestic Japan box office, uh, the film has grossed over 147.8 million U.S. dollars worldwide, uh, making it uh, globally the 13th highest grossing uh, film from Japan uh, of all time. And a good amount of that is for One Piece podcast members watching multiple times. Um, (laughs) A good amount of that is uh, is Jill. (laughs) (laughs) It's... It's crazy because like Stampede was a success, but like nothing, you know, gr- like nothing groundbreaking. It, but it, you know, was a success in Japan. I think Film Gold to them disappointed because after the like after Stampede success and Film Z being an even bigger success, they went all out on the promotion of Film Gold, and it came out the same week that a little app called Pokemon Go <laughs> worldwide. And I think people weren't staying in theaters for very long. Um, but it's like, you, like you, you would think like, oh, like, you know, one, like, because what was it? Or was it earlier this year? The, the Jujutsu Kaisen movie was earlier this year, right? And I think the Demon Slayer movie, uh, I don't, Midnight Train, whatever the hell it's called. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a different movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like those two movies came out and were, you know, like like a big deal. I think because those are like two of like, those are probably two of the most like biggest shonen properties yeah. worldwide now. And I think uh, Mugen Train, which was the, uh, the Demon Slayer movie, like I think it's the highest grossing anime film now. It beat yeah. Yeah, Spirited that's Away. One. Yep. Beat Spirited yeah. Away, it beat Your Name, um, which I think I, are I, two and three I, respectively. I uh, I I could hear just the uh the disdain in your voice when <laughs> you listed those two movies. Folks, if you've not seen Your Name, uh please treat yourself. Uh you'll laugh, you'll cry. Um I, I you know, so the fact that it's being beaten by the Demon Slayer movie. Um, is a value neutral judgment, and I simply won't say anything else about it. And uh, I don't know. T- to me personally, I thought like, yeah, I think you know, One Piece, while you know, staying strong, it's kind of, you know, it's in the twilight years. Maybe it's mm-hmm. it's still a success. It's always going to be a success. But like a conversation you hear quite often about One Piece is, it's it's too big. It's too big, yeah. and it's hard to get new fans, especially young fans. 
because why <laughs> like a, a a series that's over a thousand chapters so daunting but you know like a 26 episode anime season some people will watch that in a weekend so right. uh i just felt like one piece you know it, it's it's still like you know you know it, it, it's it's consistent it's doing fine but like the glory days of it being number one might be over at least that's kind of what i thought honestly seeing the rise of these two series and their their movies making a ton of money and then film red came out <laughs> <laughs> but I think a lot of that has to do with uh, a lot of the the big One Piece news that dropped earlier in the summer around One Piece Day. But the biggest announcement of Oda saying we're heading into the final arc, mm-hmm. and I think that buzz truly lent itself to this movie. I don't know. Like I can't say this, uh, you know, with any like proof or confirmation. But I get the feeling that. It's like once you hear, hey, One Piece is ending, it's like, all right, now it's time to go. Like, I think people kind of came back to it or the enthusiasm or the enthusiasm came back. Um, it's hard to say. I mean, also, we were in the Wano arc for four years. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that was really helpful, too, because um, people who were still plugged into the series finally got like a breath of fresh air. Right, like you're mm-hmm. finally out of it, and they're like, "Yeah, I want to see a One Piece movie that's not Wano." Yeah, plus um, the anime has just been exploding in quality. Mm. Um, yes, a lot of people who weren't anime watchers before have become recently with Wano, which obviously lends itself to more and more people watching the movie. It's kind of like when you you don't keep up with uh, a sport, or you don't keep up with a with a sports team throughout the year, but then once you hear they're in the playoffs, you're like, "Oh, now I got to watch." Uh, <laughs> Fairweather fans, maybe. Is what <laughs> Fairweather <me>. fans, <laughs> nah, ride or die. But I, I, I've, I've just been blown away by the success of this movie, and Toy is really going hard on promoting this movie in the states, and that kind of kicked off at Anime Expo earlier this year with the big inflatable Luffy and all that, and of course, you know, promoting it at New York Comic Con, having a you know, a bunch of One Piece displays in Times Square, New York. They they're going all out for this. Uh, we'll see how well that pays off, but uh, I, I'd say at least you know in my you know in my point of view as a biased One Piece fan, it's uh, well worth it because I really like this movie. It is a wild. Uh, I, I I know we talk about this relatively often on the podcast, but thinking back how One Piece was in like 10 years ago, 15 years ago at conventions and stuff. And now look where we are. Times yeah. Square, uh, like giant uh, blimp things at different conventions, mm-hmm. uh, breaking records. Being a One Piece fan, um, you know, we're always winning, yeah. but it is crazy what has happened these past couple of years. Like just seeing that representation in New York Comic Con, I was thinking of like when Zach and I were going in the early 2010s you know, just being like the 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 few lonesome One Piece fans going to industry panels, hoping they announce something, uh, going to conventions where like the max amount of One Piece cosplayers you could count on your hands, uh, and just seeing that happening at Comic Con this year, I'm like, wow! I said this multiple times, like, wow, we've come a long way, and I almost kind of wish, you know, like Zach and I were like there to experience that, but it's it's all about the journey too. Um, but yeah, it is 
there's no better time to be a One Piece fan when it's so accessible, so much uh, is being imported over here. It's uh, it's great, and I think this movie, you know, played a huge part in hyping up the series again for uh, its last run. Who I, knows how long it's going to take? <laughs> yeah, I, this isn't a spoiler, but I think a lot of people, maybe who aren't even into One Piece, um, but maybe just anime in general, might go and watch this movie because you know it is a very musical movie that a lot of, that's been marketed to a lot of different anime fans in that way. People might go for the spectacle itself. Yeah, I think they're 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 tapping into like the VTuber yeah. uh, area of, of the world. But I should have said at the beginning of this podcast to not scare people away. Uh, we're gonna we're just gonna do our overall thoughts about the movie first, and you know, and then we'll 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 let you know when we're heading into spoiler territory, and uh, we won't hold anything back there. But. Uh, and if you're actually listening to this before you see the movie, wondering why am I listening to this, you could just listen to all this up until we get into spoilers, turn this <laughs> off, go see that movie this coming weekend, and then just listen to us on the car ride home or yeah. something. Please don't uh, spoil yourself. It's tempting, but like yeah. this is a movie you should watch and just embrace it. Um, don't spoil yourselves, but do let our opinions be the first that you hear after you've seen the movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you can always remember who was your first pundit for this. Yeah. If you wait exactly. through the credits, unlike Josh, then you can go home and okay. uh, and listen to us, which is the you know the true <laughs> ending. <laughs> Only twenty minutes to get some slander in. <laughs> but okay, why don't we just talk about you know some some general thoughts about this movie. Uh, like I said, I really liked it. I went in pretty blind, really the, like most of what I saw were just images, you know, character designs and stuff with no context. And, uh, and I remember the hype going around this, uh, was just like, ah, Shanks, the deadbeat dad, uh, (laughs) how will this go? And uh, I'll talk about that later, but I'm curious what the both of you have to say about this movie without spoiling too much. Uh, yeah, I went into it almost completely blind as well. Like I knew the Uta is Shanks' daughter. And I think that may have literally been, it. I didn't watch any trailers. I didn't listen to any of the music. Um, I did watch two of the filler episodes, which were not great. Um, so I kind of ignored those. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed this movie. I wouldn't say it's my favorite of the One Piece films or even of the modern ones. Um, But I think that's on the One Piece side for me. But as like a movie, I think this was really fantastic. Um, uh, The music was super fun. A lot. You could tell that the uh, theater was all kind of energized because of the the different uh, songs that were playing. Um, Animation was absolutely gorgeous. Um, The dub was really good. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I've mentioned this before with Steve. I actually prefer the film gold dub over the sub just because I think the jokes land harder. Um, and I'm one of those was, people too. Right? <laughs> obviously, I haven't watched the sub yet for this one, um, but the dub was pretty fantastic. There were parts that the entire theater just erupted just from a random line that wasn't even during action. Um, so I think that it was it was just a really good dub performance on everyone's case. Um, I think that's pretty much all I can say without going to spoilers. Um, yeah, I uh, like Jill. I didn't know anything about this. I didn't listen to um, uh, Uta's EP. 
Uh, I didn't see any trailers. Um, I wasn't even sure. <laughs> I, I didn't even really know who she was because I would like see, you know, uh, um, uh, pe- pe- you know, people talking about it. And I'm like, you know what? I don't need it. I don't need that in my life. I'll see it eventually. Um, so I went in not knowing anything about it. Um, I also think it was pretty great. Um, this easily cracked my top three One Piece movies. Um, I think it's pretty squarely up there. Um, and I think going into it, I think what I would say to anybody going to see it is it's not, I think, going to be what you expect. Um, it wasn't what I expected in terms of format or story. Um, and that was nice. It was a really nice surprise. It wasn't as straightforward as one may imagine that it is, um, which made the experience all the more memorable for me. I will say, if you liked Film Z, I would say this is like the pop musical version of that. It's like <laughs> it is. It's it. the The focus of this movie is on the character, on on the movie specific character. That being Uta, uh, it's like if you're going here expecting all the straw hats getting some shine and all having great moments. Not really. The Straw Hats aren't their focus. They aren't really the focus of the movie. It's more about the relationship uh, that Uta has with Luffy, with Shanks, and really the rest of the world too. It's yeah. uh, it. I I will say because a, a lot of uh, movies based off of TV series now they're going all in on fan service, cramming as much in canon characters as possible. And Stampede, that was like a celebration of the series. So it was like, yeah, a shit ton of characters are in this, but this is this is more of like a it, it, it was it, it was more of a party than it was a elaborate story. And even like that started trickling into film gold a bit. Uh, but in comparing this to say Stampede, there are a lot of uh, supporting characters from the original story that are in this movie. But I honestly think they're all used mm-hmm. very well. I yeah. think that they're used with purpose. Um, well, and the, and the movie's setup, again, without saying anything about it, justifies their being there in the first place, um, as right. opposed to just cramming all your faves in. Exactly. Uh, so that was one, like, that's one of the pluses I gotta say about this movie. I, I really like the themes, uh, it tackled. It just very unique for One Piece. It was, I, I, I was watching this. I'm like, oh, this is One Piece's depiction of the internet or internet culture. Yes. Yes. Uh, And I just, and Uta's a really fascinating character that's pretty much the focal point of a lot of that, but just a lot of burdens that people put on themselves. Uh, and uh, I don't know, and just sometimes about, you know, uh, shouldering the blame or or being, or unfortunately having the blame put on you unjustly, unfairly, Uh like I said, I don't want to spoil too much, but I thought there was a lot of interesting themes that I don't think uh, the manga or the anime would take the time to devote a story arc to. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, um, yeah. going from that, it is definitely like a, a modern One Piece movie and not in the way where I'm like, oh, you know, the more recent ones. I mean, like, 
it does tackle issues that were pretty much not even a thing a few years back. Um, it's, it's definitely tackling like a, you know, 2022 internet culture kind of, uh, pervasive mindset there. And it was a, a very interesting way that they dealt with that. Like you said, I don't think one piece ever would touch on that in the normal series. So getting to have that perspective in this, you know, like side story, really, I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. And I, I gotta say, like, I, I like to think I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't go crazy during anime movies. <laughs> oh, everyone, please shush. Everyone, shush. Everyone, just sit here quietly. It's a movie. I these I, these two are my witnesses. I was very animated while watching this movie. I thought, like, what can this movie do to wow me? But the further it went along, it had a lot more moments that. And also, like, my seat—I don't know if it was broken into or what—but my ass was like two inches off the ground. So, like, <laughs> like you could tell something was really getting a rise out of me when I would like completely r- like rise out of my seat and forward because that took a lot of energy and back muscle. Uh, <laughs> We we get to the like, theater and we sit down and then there's these, you know, g- girls behind us and Steve just goes, God, I hope these girls don't freak out when their little meow meow shows up on screen. And you know what? Those girls were silent the entire time. Meanwhile, me and, and Steve, the entire time of Josh. popped up. And Josh. I was going to say, I was not silent. You were not silent. I was on the other side. <laughs> Weird. Uh, folk, yeah, folks, it's Gag City. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of moments to cheer for. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I I will say this: uh, some criticisms I have, I I my my mind would tune out during a lot of the action because it was like sensory overload, <laughs> yeah. and that happens to me a lot in some action stuff. Uh, a lot of modern anime, but. Uh, there's a lot of trippy and zany colors and a lot of characters to focus on. And I felt like my eyes would gloss over sometimes like, yeah, okay, all right, all right cool. Yeah, everyone's doing stuff. Um, but I that was one of the criticisms I have. And it's there's a lot of a there's a lot of exposition that gets across through dialogue. Uh, and I felt like through half the movie, sometimes I'm like, I'm kind of getting lost, but I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm just gonna plow through this. I'm gonna roll with it. I'm gonna <laughs> see this three more times, so I, I, I will get it eventually. But there's a lot of things I'm like, I don't quite know what's going on, but I'll, 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 I'll keep going. I'll, I'll, I'll play along. But yeah. I think also some, sometimes this movie doesn't, like, thankfully doesn't explain things right away. It intentionally confuses you, and then you realize what's going on. Uh, so that's yeah. crafty. I'll give them credit for that. Yeah. I think I, you know, with, we can talk more about it later, but I, I think I have a similar problem is that the, I think there was kind of an, uh, uneven handing, handling, uneven serving of plot. Um, there would be, um, I think as it is, there's a little too much for the movie. I think they could have had less plot a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I think Jill said this earlier. Just for sheer spectacle alone, I think it um, makes up for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, as, as go ahead, Jill. Oh yeah, I was gonna say, as One Piece fans, I'm sure everyone who is is a fan of plot. We're not there just for the the shinies. Um, but you know, sometimes you do just kind of watch something and want to watch something incredible yeah. happening. So you can kind of just hand wave over the deficiencies there might be in parts of it, but. Uh, yeah. It is beautiful and it is very fun to watch. 
I, I have a specific grievance that we can get into in the spoiler zone, but I'll, I'll save it. <laughs> and uh, uh, you both were kind of talking about where it ranked for you earlier. I, I I was asked this by a friend like on the fly, and I just and I had to give an answer for the sake of being interesting. But I wanted I definitely want to see this a few more times before I could judge. But I I'm a film gold fanboy. I, I I truly am, and I know that movie has its faults. But seeing it again recently, when they screened it uh, in theaters again, I still enjoy it a lot. I just think that movie is just so well balanced with a villain with enough enough depth. Uh, great gags, great music. Uh, all the straw hats get to do something fun and interesting. Uh, the action's great. I think that's just like it's everything I want in a One Piece movie. Uh, and I think like Film Red, like because I I like Film Z as well. And Strong World I like, but it's definitely you know that was that was the beginning of this new era of one piece films. And I say, it's funny. I say that and that movie is like 13 years old now, but that, kind of, <laughs> that, that launched this new era that we're in. Uh, I don't know if you, you both were fans at the time, but that was, that was within our first year of doing the podcast and the hype around that movie. It was like another, it was, it was another big, like the boom that one piece is experiencing right now from Phil red that's what Strong World did 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Strong World was just incredible when it released. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, what did we have? What was your favorite One Piece movie before that? Probably Film 6, right? Like, most people right. enjoy yeah, that, I yeah. think, the most. Um, <laughs> and and then, for, yeah. the, for the people that don't like Film 6, they would, they would probably say uh, Movie 4. Yeah. Uh, oh, for the cowards? Yeah. <laughs> for people not ready for the Halloween spirit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not, not spooky mindset. Um yeah, I, I think what the, like, I mean, j- just to sort of expand on what you're saying, like this, like Strong World really began this sort of era where it's not just like a long One Piece episode where like, um, like you were saying earlier, Steve, about where the movies are finding room to even possibly explore concepts the series doesn't have time or space for um, to really like sort of holistically justify and make a unique experience for itself um, as opposed to just being like a, you know, 70 minute long adventure with a weird guy um, in a yeah. castle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Strong World actually is still my favorite of all the One Piece movies. Uh, I don't know if it's nostalgia, um, but even to this day, it gives me such joy to watch it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's these modern movies have been so good. Uh, we, we really are living as One Piece fans. Yeah. Um, Film Red, like you said, I can't really judge it i haven't watched the sub yet and i do kind of want to digest it a few times um pretty up there though Pro- maybe not my f- number one or two but pretty far up there my pitch for film red was it took all the best things about the last three one piece movies and put it all into this one because i think i think i agree yeah you're your antagonist is very interesting uh, and has depth and like you know an act- actual motivations. Uh, there's plenty of amazing gags, tons of tear jerkers, uh, tear jerking moments. Moments, you know, sad, sad stuff. Um, uh, plenty of like w- like wonder and you know, and sense of adventure that like Oda is best known for. It has it all uh i'd say 
and what's great is I don't even think it's you know it, it didn't even it felt pretty kind of self-contained it like it wasn't so we weren't going to all these different new locations it kind of stayed put for the most part mm-hmm. and I think it made it a little bit easier to not get too overwhelmed despite the size of the cast but I think it, it is it is quite different than the previous movies but I think if you you know, of course, if you enjoyed the series and if you enjoyed the last like few movies, I don't see there's any reason why this one wouldn't settle with you. Uh, I I think it's pretty great, and I think it's pretty unique. Uh, like, could you really call it? A, I, like, some people might be calling it referring to it as a musical, but I don't know if like no. I felt like this like the songs are great. Like, I love all the uh, auto songs. Uh, they're all tremendous, but I think they're they're more they're more decorative than they are to get plot points across. Well, hundred percent, yeah, yeah. Characters aren't explaining their interiority through music. Yeah, it's a concert. It's yeah, not like a it's musical. A it's it's a concert, yeah. and then there's one piece with it. Exactly. It's it's that's the thing. Like I feel like calling it a musical is not you know appropriate it it feels more like a stage show almost you know yeah for sure it's almost like the the songs serve as a soundtrack for scenes more than uh a replacement for dialogue yeah exactly uh but like my problem with a lot of the one piece movies and i think this is just a trend in one piece is uh like like red hot opening slow middle and then just uh energetic ending uh like and i realize a lot of the films like i love strong world but it does slow down a ton and same with film z and uh even gold kind of comes to like a slow pace at some point uh i think i was just getting so lost in this movie not knowing what to expect next, I kind of lost track of time. I felt like this movie didn't plod for me. Well, I I think the benefit of having a movie, you know, that is kind of a concert uh, is that it makes up time in the middle. Like uh, when there's a development um, narratively, there's often a song to go along with it and it sort of like resets you, right? the, the, The song's... I'm sure a lot of listeners have listened to the songs on Spotify or something. The songs, like a lot of them have a different tone to them. So it really does like a hard tonal reset um, that keeps it from sort of plotting. All right, gang, before we get knee deep into spoilers, we're going to take a quick break and talk about the the latest anime episode, uh, 1038. So this is your this is your buffer zone. This This is where you can hop off if you don't want to get spoiled. I, we can only give you so many warnings, but we're going to take a quick break. We're going to get Sam on here. We're going to talk about 1038, and then we're going to come back and talk about all the spoilers of Film Red. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Anime Recap for episode 1038, Nami's Lethal Attack, Otama's Desperate Challenge. I'm your host, Sam, and today with me, we have Philip's own Steve Yurko. Uh, yeah, it, they make great products. <laughs> I've got uh, a I, I, no, box of, I, of Philip's light bulbs on my counter. I was about to say, didn't Philip's make, like, the CDI? They did. Damn it, why didn't I just go, like... That's what all true warriors strive for. It was all Steve's fault, everyone. Yeah. I, he was I the one calling the shots. He asked uh, Miyamoto for the Zelda rights. Mm-hmm. And I'll never let you do interesting things with the Mario characters ever again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the title card this week begins at 3 minutes and 46 seconds. And we come in on the 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 death submarine with the uh, law's crew that the, the sub just says death on the side john bart uh john bart getting some screen time yeah john bart uh the uh, guys I, and the one girl i should say uh all of the heart pirates getting screen time yeah except for uh the ones we we know by name and yeah. john bart I was saying, like, uh, like all the other ones, I'm like, oh, is this the first time I'm actually hearing them talk? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I remember seeing, uh, I remember seeing the girl one in the the group shot on like Zoe. But did she speak? Uh, I'm guessing in my mind she's like speaking with the crowd, like saying something in unison. Uh, this is just the first time I've recalled a lot of them having individual lines, and I thought that was pretty neat. Uh, we have Shinobu and Momonosuke falling to the sea, and uh, Momonosuke is still afraid of heights from his uh, past being held, uh, being dangled in the burning castle with Baikaido 20 years ago. But uh, uh, Shinobu does her Ninpo Great Kite, and they float to safety on the shore of Wano. Momonosuke is worrying about Kiku and Kinemon. Uh, we're seeing their their bloody corpses just kind of laying around. Absolute mess. Uh, this this episode kind of like disperses some of the stuff that normally would have been in the in the recap. Uh, so like uh, the Nami and Ulti scene gets recapped a little bit with her clocking Ulti across the head, and uh, we have Zeus coming out in full cloud form and. Uh, and Nami's like, "Oh, Zeus!" And and then Zeus says, "Oh, nope, I'm a I'm a new man now. You get to call me a, a new name." And then she, the name she chooses is Fluff, and I love her like trollish cat face that the the, the shot like pushes in on several times. Yeah, it's a she's new like addition. very proud. <laughs> 
I can't tell if she's proud or if she like knows it's going to embarrass him or something. Uh, I, I just, always interpret it as like this is like Nami. Think of a new name. Uh, mm, uh, it's like you at the beginning of any every anime recap. It's like yeah, uh, yeah. Philip's own fluff. <laughs> My name is Zeus. <laughs> yeah, he, he he completely uh, just ignores it. Mm-hmm. You you don't even really see the gears turning in his head. He's just like I am Zeus. Uh, and then they together they drop a big lightning bolt on Ulti, and she gets like DBZ fried, where where she just kind of gets evaporated into lines. Yeah, really great. Uh, you know, final blow uh, mm-hmm. to that character. Looks it looks super dope. I love it when it gets all super brushy. Yeah, and uh, Ba Huang is announcing uh, Page One and Ulti's defeat to the crowd. Uh, kind of risking. Uh, Losing morale on her own side by by admitting defeat at all, uh, and then Usopp's fly trap shows up and chomps her, and then we got this great shot of like Tama like proudly marching to the balcony. We're like uh, we're we're like watching her back, and like the animation looks really cool. Yeah, hell of a moment for her. <laughs> and she's like taking a deep breath, and then that brings us to the eye catch of the episode. We come back and we're kind of cutting around. A new around. eye catch. Hey, new Is eye it? catch. Yeah, it's on Nami and... Oh, I completely blanked on that. Yeah. I was like looking for a new one, but it didn't like register as new to me. Yeah, they've been oddly paced. Like we're, you know, they, we haven't been getting too many. Like we've had mm-hmm. uh, Zoro and Nami were the latest additions, but they've been around for a little bit, uh, you know, a little, little while now. But yeah, Usopp, brand new. Yeah, I remember when like we first... Uh, when the post time skip first happened, it was like really slow to get like all the straw hats finally. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like all Davy back fight was just Luffy, and then once we got into Water Seven, we got the other straw hats. But then like uh, Frankie and Brooke were like immediate. Yeah, and um, so we're cutting around to the various scenes of the various kind of fights that are kind of suspended in the moment. We get a little bit of Jinbei versus Who's Who. Uh, I, I I I think like the first half of this episode was great, but then the the last half of this episode is just firing on all cylinders, and it started with this who's who and Jimbei uh, sequence. Just the composition, <laughs> oh, it's awesome! Just you know, it's yeah, a little bit of a tilted camera, and I feel like uh, you know when people rely too much on that, I think that's always like a criticism. But man, it just really just sells the. Uh, I don't know. It's just like that, you know, just, you know, doing that Dutch tilt a little bit just really just sells the conflict there and just it looked great. The whole There's also this kind of like uh, almost like this kind of bloom lighting on everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, we have uh, Tama remembering, you know, all the time she's been inspired by Luffy and she's like, I want to do the same. And we get this like slow, like we are rendition. It's like kind yeah, of slow, they, swelling, inspirational we are. I think this was the one... Uh, I forget if this was originally from Whole Cake Island, but this was played, I think... Uh, uh, at, the number escapes me at the moment, but what was it? Was it Luffy and Sanji making up? Uh, yeah, but no, but I'm thinking of like with Wano. I think it was used either episode 1000 or the, the, the Big Roof Piece episode. I think this was used. I, I watched... I feel this. like the... I feel, 
it, it right. feels like it's been a different version of We Are each time they've used it in Wano <laughs> so far. At least that's to my memory. I just remember them using this fairly recently. Uh, yeah. I haven't had time to check because I watched this right up to when we were recording. So uh, I, I it, it it felt like it was almost like kind of like it you know it was it was an encore of like Luffy's big moment, and now Tom is getting her big moment. Uh-huh. So. Yeah, so Thomas speaking to the crowd. She's complimenting everyone for fighting so hard. Uh, just like really good animation as we're kind of uh, just kind of recapping the scene and like seeing who's fighting who. Uh, good, yeah. good like it, snaky queen animation. It all looks amazing. Yeah, just like the 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 angles that some of these characters are being drawn at. Uh, the music is you know is a really good choice for the scene too. It really kind of fits. It's like it's. You know, it's we are. It feels like a morale booster. Yeah, it, it it it's a thing that they can do over and over and over again. As far as I'm concerned, like it's it's not really going to get old. Um, and yeah, so uh, we have the the various like gifters and and people who have been eating uh, Tamo's dango. They're like kind of like turning back to the bad side. It seems like Briscola is like, oh, we got to fight the the traitors and everyone who's who's betrayed Kaido but then like Tama you know gives the announcement she gives the order to everyone to be fighting on on Luffy and Momonosuke's side and then like all the gifters who are like going to attack her on Queen's request like it's they all like awaken like a sleeper agent and they all turn right back to uh to Tama's side yeah I kind of uh, I, I forgot that we needed uh, the big like go ahead from Tama I kind of thought like yeah, aren't they already helping out but I think, uh, yeah, I forgot. I'm like, oh, yeah, Tom, I need to, like, uh, decree a new order to just defeat Kaido, so. She hit the refresh button. Yeah. And um, we kind of get, like, like this episode felt very, like, Megumi uh, Ishitani-inspired with a lot uh-huh. of the lighting, I'll say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like seeing, like, the, the small, like, flying gifters, like, slamming into, like, the side of Queen's head and, like, how small they look compared to this big... Mm-hmm. Uh, Brachiosaurus. Um. Uh, so we we you know we get some fighting of the, of the gifters and everything going on in the performance floor, and then we come back to Yamato and Kaido. Uh, Kaido saying, "Oh, so you've come to cut ties between father and son, huh?" And then uh, he's like, "Go." He goes big dragon form, and then and then he goes hybrid, like in the middle of one conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh. And I, then, like the I, I mean, I love some of the shots, like when Kaido's in his big dragon form, just mm-hmm. looking down, and Yamato's in the foreground. Great composition there. I mm-hmm. loved it because, like Kaido, I think like it works because like, we all know, like yeah, Kaido's intimidating, but like it serves so like so well visually, you know, to mm-hmm. get that point across because he's like first he's doing his big form, and then the big freaking dragon, and it's getting that point across, like. uh look at me, look how fearsome I am. Like, you're really gonna, you know, you're gonna go against me, and Yamato doesn't back down, and then uh, Kaido switches up to man, back to man-beast form. But I just thought it was a nice visual touch. Uh, I forget if it happened in the manga, because uh, I, I think that stuff, I don't have the, the English volumes on me, but... I'm pretty sure he just, like, changes form between panels, however Odo yeah. wants to draw them. Mm-hmm. But it, um, it looked really cool in this episode. And so, yeah, so the, their fight begins in the animation. I don't know what, how I'd even describe the animation at this point. Um, it's just like, 
it's just going nuts. Uh, and, and like like we're getting like lots of like detailed facial animation, lots of like you know just posing and getting ready to attack and then slamming into each other. And uh, this is like what you were talking about. There's lots of like dramatic close-ups and Dutch angles and uh, this like kind of neon colored like rim lighting on everyone. Uh, I, Kaido's glowing eyes are like what make him look like really uh, freakish. Mm-hmm. Like really monstrous. Oh yeah, when he's like off in the distance, you know, in like, you know, like the 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 smoke and fog. It's uh... even when he's close up, it's like the and and like the the eyes are have these like trail effects on it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he just like looks super inhuman in a way that uh, I mean, like that's often true, but like it's 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 true in a in a new way uh, for the scene. And uh, they have a big clash. And then the big uh, like hockey lightning bolts are are bleeding through the uh, to be continued screen, just like splashing through. Then a dawn to be continued. General thoughts on this episode, Steve? I think this is the best episode in quite some time. Yeah, uh, probably since that initial uh, roof piece episode. I I should wow. I should know that number like the back of my mind, but I thought this was well. I. Had, I, I I think we also what like that great Frankie uh, that episode with the great Frankie sequence, but I think that was before the Roof Beast one because I think the Roof Beast one was over the summer. But this was like the first one in a while where I was like, "Wow, this is like a can't miss episode." Um, I loved it. Like the 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 Vincent uh, Chansard like sequence at the end was awesome. I think like the episode as a whole is great. Like I just don't think that that last two minutes of Yamato and Kaido is like the big draw here. I think. It's you know it's really great. It sets up that uh, that um, Otama scene tremendously, and then that second half, I loved all the shots of revisiting the straw hats, and it, and just the compositions were really great, dynamic, and the choice of lighting and the background music. Uh, <laughs> there is no need for me to criticize the 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 sequence between Yamato and Kaido because it's tremendous and like. Who the hell am I to criticize it? I did notice, and this is just like an animation, uh, you know, basic uh, pet peeve of mine. There was just like a few times where, uh, uh, during Chance Art scene, where Yamato and Kaido would be facing one direction, and then when it would change a scene, they'd be facing a different direction, and my eyes were kind of getting like lost breaking a the one eighty rule. Yeah, like like maybe like you know Yamato is making a stance and is looking to their right and then it would cut to a close up but then they're looking towards their left and that was just it was it not like I'm I'm getting lost I don't know who's talking it was more like it was throwing me off for a moment it was disorienting for me mm-hmm. uh that's like my one criticism of it but that just that one little criticism doesn't take away from like just what a tre- tremendous accomplishment that episode is I don't know maybe I'm just trying to come off as smart and like yeah there's one thing i could point out that is the only that's the only thing i'm gonna say and i think that's just like an it's a at least it's like a it's coming from like a you know an art you know it's coming through it's coming like for me as like an artist with my experience with filmmaking and animation and not just be like "Mm, i don't like the way they were drawn you know valid criticism i don't know why am i talking about this so long (laughs) other than that i think this episode was amazing um and like that's the thing like i think the whole thing is great and it just only gets better and better as it went on and even next week's episode looks fun too 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought this episode was really good. Uh, I was, I w- I'm surprised to hear that you thought it was that good, like on on the par of uh, like the Ishitani episodes and stuff. Like not like n- not on that level, but like one of my you know like my first like favorite in a while. I think since that last Ishitani episode. Like I wouldn't put this one. I I, I probably wouldn't compare this one all that closely to even the most recent Luffy Kaido episode where Luffy got knocked off. Um, mm-hmm. Really good episode. I was, I was really uh, happy with how the, the Thomas stuff came across. Um, I love that she got her, her moment to like look cool, especially like I, her, her moment, like going up to the balcony and, and like taking a deep breath and mustering the courage to, to be like Luffy. I thought that was great. I liked uh, the, the ulti finale was pretty good. And uh, the the Gamato versus Kaido is is definitely like fun to watch. It's it's like you know it's it kind of tiptoes up to that line where I'm like, is this like overdone? Like, is this a little too squirmy for me? Uh, like, I, I can enjoy it, but it's also like a little taking me out of it. Um. Uh, but uh, overall, yeah, I thought this was a really strong episode. Yeah, for sure. All right, anything else you'd like to say before we move on to the next segment? Uh, spoilers ahead. <laughs> spoilers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, should, should we should we go all in now? Time to talk about spoilers. You are now entering the spoiler zone. Warning, warning, warning! Do not en- do not add us if you cross this boundary. Uh, this is your fault. You may get spoiler wet. zone. You may, you will get wet. <laughs> We're not responsible to, for your uh, lost belongings or damaged items. No items. Yeah. You can do not add Zach for items. Watch your children. Don't leave them unattended. <laughs> also, don't leave bags alone, or we will call security. Uh, all hands and legs inside the podcast. I, a lot of bits, I, I think. Yeah, okay. yeah, I think so. I'm like, did we cover every possible <laughs> small text? You know, fine, fine print. Identify there. your closest uh, fire exits in case of emergency. It may be behind you. It may be behind you. Okay, we're 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 now we're ready. We're ready to talk about uh, this movie as a whole. Where to even begin? Right. <laughs> uh, with Blue Note from the mini bar. <laughs> <laughs> that joke about Bluno being cheapified was some of the hardest I've ever laughed. Yeah, at so funny. <laughs> um, I, I still don't even know why they cheapified like i get the sunny thing maybe because it's like the soul and he comes out and which was just yeah. incredible i don't get the blue no thing at all <laughs> but i'm okay with it well it's, i it's, guess it's, it's, it's like a gear three thing right where you used up all your energy and now you're a little guy 
his soul has well, become I, diminished from too many doors. I well, I thought it was it was Ucha's power because like at some like her songs could kind of bend and shape reality. So remember, she changes like all the audience members into like you know little cutesy things and stuff. So I I just took it as that's what happened to the Sunny and Bluno and uh, Beppo. Uh. Yeah, I, I I guess I parsed. It. I mean, yeah, that could be it. I, I parsed it like um, because uh, he kept telling Law how he's trying to save his doors for when he needs them or whatever, whoever he's telling <laughs> them to. Um, and he's like, he used up all his doors. He's out of doors, and now he's he's now he's small. I thought that was really funny that he was telling that to Law, considering Law's whole. Oh, I have to conserve my energy. And <laughs> like his whole I was thing. Like, oh, how's the Running out of doors. Um, do we want to get, do we need to get Bluno some real fake doors? Okay, sorry, I had to get a Rick and Morty bit in there. Uh, what were you gonna suggest, Josh? Do we want to do like a like a like a round table, like one by one, to like in detail talk about thoughts? Does that make sense? I think I there's no way I'm gonna be to be able to sum up everything I have to say about this movie just on my own. I feel like it's gonna be a lot of like back and forth, uh, adding to what some of like each other are saying. Let me just start with this. The big gag, the big meme going around, uh, because it was implied like, oh, uh, Shanks is Uta's uh, daughter. Uh, no, Wait, uh, hold uh, on. Shanks is Uta's daughter? Sorry, Uta is Jill, Shanks. Jill, this is daughter. the spoiler zone. Uta is Shanks' daughter, right. But obviously, we've never seen Uta in the original story. Uh, and it, it was implied that Shanks left her behind somewhere if you watch the anime or you see some of the trailers. So, like, the big gag going around was like, oh, Shanks, deadbeat dad, the red-haired pirates, the deadbeat dad pirates. Um, no. Film Red has raised the stock of the red-haired pirates tremendously mm-hmm. in my book. Um, Shanks is not a deadbeat dad. Uh and wow, um, uh, th- this this movie had a lot to say, and one of those things was a cab, because uh, <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. wow, the navy does not look good in this movie, and the fact that the red haired pirates were making a stand against them and calling them out for you know their bullshit, uh, just like sh- shooting all those innocent people. I was watching this. And I was like, "Wow, damn, this doesn't pull." If if you if you don't see this for like what it is as an allegory, you got your head in the <laughs> in the ground. I was really impressed with just how I don't know, just how for the people the red hair pirates are, because um, you got to think like they're pirates. They shouldn't have to give a you know give a damn about you know the well being of. Uh, you know, citizens and civilians, but they defend them in this movie when the Navy, the mm-hmm. quote, good guys, end quote, uh, were prepared to just, you know, let some of them die. Uh, oh, actively kill them, yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> actively do the killing. <laughs> uh, and also, I was re- I was disappointed to see Fujitora be kind of flippant about that. Like, usually Fujitora is, you know, calling out the Navy and the government on their bullshit. But one of my theories was just uh, Green. Uh, not, God, I can't believe I almost said Green Bull. Uh, Ryokugu. Uh, I I read the manga. Uh, Ryokugu uh, has only just finally appeared in the manga because I because I, I was watching. It felt like this is more of a Ryokugu thing than Fujitora. Like Fujitora would be like, "This is bullshit." 
It's like, we shouldn't be doing this. But like Ryokugu would be like, yeah, fuck him. Kill them all. Let God sort them out. You know, like that's right. his whole deal. Uh, I just, I got to say like th- this, this movie, you know, because r- when you think about it, Shanks and the red haired pirates have barely been in the story. They're, it's it shanks was such a huge draw about this movie in the early days when it was first announced and the fact that people were so excited for a character that's hardly featured in the story just says so much about like what his character means or just like how important he is and it's it was well worth the hype because uh he's tremendous in this movie uh not a deadbeat dad um yeah oh sorry go ahead no no go ahead joe I actually, <laughs> I actually think Uta's backstory is the lowest part of this movie for me. Um, every interaction that she have with Shanks, I actually love when they are in the scene together. I think they're mm-hmm. great. You can feel the love in that. I've never been one of those people um, who thinks Shanks is like overall a bad guy. So I thought that was always really good. I will say, this feels like Luffy has a a long lost sibling. Um, and then we had Luffy has a long lost sibling with Sabo, and then we, now we have Luffy has a long lost sibling with Uta. And I'm kind of tired of the trope. And at <laughs> my, least my with Sabo, son. at yeah. least with Sabo, we had the whole cups thing. It, it was, you know, there was things put in with Uta though. Like obviously, this is for the movie. They put her in for the movie, and then there's a little bit of her in the manga to make it as canon as it can be. Um, I just think that we shouldn't give the main character of One Piece, like, this brand new friend, pivotal moment in his life, who shares a connection with, like, his mentor of all mentors. Mm -hmm. And you would assume it would be something that... Luffy isn't someone that talks about things a lot, but my god, this part in the series, you'd think he'd mention it. um, That, you know, he had a friend who went missing after he's met all these people. And, you know, you'd think you'd see a scene with like where he's with Ace and Sabo as a kid and being like, oh, I had one friend before this, but she's gone now. So obviously she wasn't even conceived of when Oda was writing that flashback. But looking back, it feels kind of just strange to have that ham fisted in there. Um, I thought the decision to leave her on the destroyed music island was stupid as hell. Like, sure, I I assume the red haired pirates went away because now they're going to be chased by the Navy. First of all. That was always going to happen. They're pirates. Um, I'm sure everyone already was chasing them. I don't know why they left her there on a destroyed island where, you know, clearly she's shown the capability to cause great damage there and they don't even know if that's done with. So they just left her there. They could have taken her and dropped her off anywhere else. They could have left her with Luffy. Um, I don't know. I thought that was just a very strange idea. I liked the idea that Steve had um, during the movie where, um, what was the guy's name that took Gordon. Her? Gordon. Gordon, yes. That's right, that's right. That Gordon was the bad guy. I thought that would have been good. I thought um, that's what was going to happen. I it- Yeah, I I had a feeling that's like, it's ob- like looking at his design, I'm like, I bet he's the one behind it's all hell. this. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, it's Arch as hell, yeah. It's Arch and in the menacing way, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, instead he's just kind of like a bumbling idiot. He, <laughs> he straight up like, I don't know, he's like, oh, I kept these music because I can't destroy music. Sir, there are priorities in your life that you need to think about here um and then i don't know he should just ugh, you know i don't know i thought the backstory was super hand-fisted i don't yeah. like that the overall antagonist is like a demon god like i've never liked stuff in one piece where it's like uh it's like, like two fantasy like 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 you like one piece is not necessarily a logical series but i've said like you know oda 
has like an explanation for everything that happens in the universe. Like mm-hmm. things are tied to devil fruit powers or other things. I I was as I was discussing like filler, like the Rainbow Mist arc with uh, Alex on Force to Watch Four Kids. I'm like, yeah, like Oda wouldn't do this kind of thing. And like as Alex put too, it's like it was it was it was a Star Trek story, not a One Piece story. Um, it's a good filler arc. <laughs> it's 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 better than people give it credit it's for. Okay. I will say that. There's worse. Um, um, yes. Yeah, uh, no. I, there's a lot to unpack there, uh, Jill. Uh, but Josh, yeah, go th- ahead. Th- that's what that's my big gripe. The one I hinted at earlier. Um, the Ars Musica situation, um, especially considering um, now that we're full spoilers. Considering considering that um, Uta's devil fruit power is one of the most dangerous period ever. Like in terms of sheer like capa- capability of doing harm. Um, there, the need to unleash something as dangerous as like an ancient weapon. Um, that's just a really scary guy that you summon with a, with a song. It was so it was it was gilding the lily. It was completely unnecessary. Um, I, I, it, it seems like Uta's devil fruit could have just gotten out of control all on its own without their needing to summon a demon to to to, to do so. Um, I absolutely agree, Jill. That I found the um, third retcon to Luffy's childhood kind of frustrating. Um, and yeah, there's, there's, so this idea that they left, that uh, the, the red haired pirates left her there to get good at singing when she was already good at, it just, it doesn't make sense really. It's the whole thing is too overcomplicated. Um, especially considering, I think a lot of the movie is quite effortless. Like Uta's hurt feelings towards Shanks are quite effortless. Um, the, the, the whole base conflict I think is really natural and flows really well, but her, her backstory and then this, this final arch villain are just so, um, yes, anding itself into, uh, too much, too muchery. If they had cut back on a little bit and had top musica be like, top music, Ut- is. is that what it's called? I don't know how to pronounce yeah, it. Yeah. Top no, music. Right. Right. Like top lamb. Okay. So if they had it like it was the culmination of like Uta's pain and like loneliness and yes. and stuff like that, but not in like the real world. Cause that doesn't make sense at all. Let's just ignore that. But like inside her dream world, that would have been fine. Like I would have yes. accepted that completely. Y- you want to know why they didn't do that? Uh, all of you have valid points. I felt the same way. Cause when I, unfortunately I swelled myself and I saw what top music was and I'm like, Oh great. Another giant fucking monster. Uh, as the final villain in a One Piece movie. It's happened too much in the last three movies, and I'm like, no more. Or two movies, I should say. Um, the reason why that happened, like the reason why we got what we got with Top Music and not anything both of you were suggesting is because then it would make Uta truly the bad guy here. The I think Top Music is introduced so that Uta couldn't be blamed. Because the whole thing was, uh, you know, Uta found out, you know, when they went to Allegia, you know, with the first attack, you know, the fir- the big top music attack that wiped everyone out on that island. It while she was influenced into summoning top musica, she didn't know, like, she didn't know any better. She didn't have any control. Uh, so, but the whole thing is like she found, like, oh god, there's so many different twists, but. She found out a year later that she was the reason why that island got destroyed. And it is a great allegory for being canceled on the internet when it's like, oh my God, I did a bad thing. 
and I have to make up for this because like no one believes in redemption or forgiveness. It's like you mess up once when you're the protagonist of Twitter for the day, uh, you know, you're, you're done in so many people's eyes. Like they, they, they love to jump on, you know, on some, someone who did something terrible and they, but they're, uh... but they're not there. They're not invested to see the redemption at all, or, yeah. you know, they're not there for the forgiveness. I, I mean, I, no, go ahead. I was about to say, I got to say her apology video sucked. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that went well with anyone. It was monetized. Yeah. Um, yeah she really fell off. There's a lot of ads. Uh, there. Yeah. Uts is really over. Um, no, I, but, I mean, uh, I, I, sorry, I'm not in the business of like script doctoring and I'm not, you know, it's something to argue necessarily, but like the, um, I, 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 I think your rationale totally makes sense. It's just even that's unnecessary. Like she didn't have to do genocide to an island because it, it's narratively meaningless that the island has no people on it. Um, mm-hmm. And even if it wasn't, there are other ways to have it be empty. Um, so like, there's just no need for even that bit of backstory either. And then when um, she does do her thing where her devil fruit gets out of control and she almost you know banishes the whole world to a pocket dimension... Um, that's forgivable. You know what? I mean, people in one piece have done worse and there's somebody's little meow meow. Um, <laughs> and because, because it's motivated and it makes sense and you understand why she did it. Um, but you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to fix the movie. I just, yeah, I, I, I just, I really like the concept of her knowing like if people found out the truth, you know, I, everyone will hate me. I'll never, you know, I'll, you know, I'll never be loved. You know, I'll never be accepted anywhere. I and am. I thought, I just thought that was I thought that was interesting and it was a pretty good allegory for mm-hmm. how the internet handles a lot of people. Mm. I thought it would have been kind of poignant if um so yeah, obviously the first time she summons top music, clearly not her fault. She's a literal child. She's just singing people I don't understand why they kept these demon it, it was a bit contrived when you just see yeah. these magic pieces of, of 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 sheet music just appear in a room. I, that's the thing. Like Oda doesn't do like demons and all that stuff. So like that, I was kind of like, all right, this is pushing it a little <laughs> yeah. bit. You know? Jill, was... they call that they call that Chekhov's curse musical score. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Uh, so I I thought it was poignant. Obviously, as a child, she did it by accident. But even after learning the truth. Um, and, you know, she probably, like, swore to herself she would never do that again. Obviously, she made a mistake as a child. Now she's probably internalizing that thinking, i got to make up for it by giving people hope around the world. But it's like a self, uh, you know, um, she kind of makes it happen. Um, not by herself, but because of the loneliness. Self-fulfilling, self-fulfilling prophecy. prophecy. The yeah. loneliness and everything that she's had um, growing up pretty much alone. Um, and then, um, you know listening to all the the woes of people around the world when she reaches out to them um and she internalized that as well um and it took over her and i thought that would have been good if all of that had culminated in her own monster her own demon um that was theoretically her fault yeah but still not really but now she's an adult um and she can process these better and she's reunited with some family i i think it would have been more interesting if it was all uta's internal things that have caused this um yeah 100 200 percent. it 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 boils down to the common theme and a lot of pieces of media it, uh when i when you say should have gone to therapy <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, i no, i i i actually i 
I like this pitch. I think it works a little bit better because uh, then it's like, you know what? It's like, you know, maybe instead of like leaving this kid behind or, you know, or, you know, you know, or being invested in helping them get better, you know, turning away from that, it only made things worse. Um, so I, yeah, that definitely would have been complex, but I mean, who's to say what got left on the cutting room floor in this I, movie? Uh, I, yeah, I gotta say, like, building off what you're talking about, though, um, to pivot a little bit here, the, the, like, weird, like, internet themes in this one I thought were really great, where, like, her, she's isolated on this island, and her only interaction with people are these, like, kind of, like, random people that she's been out, able to reach to, and then more and more as it goes on. Um, but, like, those are her only sources of news. Her, she doesn't know shit about the real world. Um, her only sources of love, really, besides Gordon, um, it's... And fuck Gordon. <laughs> fuck Gordon. <laughs> it's so interesting when you compare it to people on the internet who, sure, they're not stuck on an island, but, like, you know, some people don't leave their rooms. They could be like me. Um, you <laughs> could, uh, sometimes that is your only interactions with people. And if that's all you have, it's like an echo chamber. So this yeah. echo chamber that she is stuck in, and then she just kind of gets a wrong idea of what people really want because that's all she knows. And because people talking to you across the, the season here, you're not really getting to know the actual situation by being there. So it's, mm -hmm. ah, I thought it was so interesting the way they, they went through these parasocial relationships. Um, yes. In this movie. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. also, I, I just want to like tie that into what Jill was saying. Uh, one of the important uh, aspects of this movie story is the concept of balance. Like, because she is like, oh, you're all in my dream world, but like, you just like, all we could do is just do fun things all day. So, you know, why, why, why would you be upset? Like, you should be happy that you get to live a carefree life, but there needs to be balance. Like, you can't just have all the good things in life. Like, if we just got to do whatever we want all the time, it would lose all meaning after a while so it's like there's some people who are like hey i actually like going to school i'm like oh but what about my farm it's like yeah there's some monotonous uh and like you know things that you know we kind of have to toil away on like you know working for a living and all that you know but we do that but so but then when there's an opportunity to do something fun you know it means so much more because it's a, like i think Life is about that balance, and Uta didn't understand that. She thought, like, oh, if you just play games and attend concerts all the time, it'd be the greatest thing ever. And and then the people are like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, go home. yeah. I mean, because I mean, like Jill saying, she this is this is the central metaphor of being isolated, right? I mean, Uta literally, but many, many, many people, especially post the pandemic, emotionally completely isolated. Um, and it's very easy to see how you can just become completely deranged and how, um, you know, being stuck with those same ideas going back and forth can just completely spiral out of control. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, everything you guys have said, it's, 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 it's a great image. And I would like to jump back, uh, you know, hopefully I'm not derailing anything here, but talking about, uh, you know, Luffy, the the continuous retconning of uh, <laughs> Luffy's backstory. I just said like, uh, it, it's it, it's like the How to Cook Humans book in the first Treehouse of Horror. Like we keep uh, right. wiping away the space dust and seeing there's more and more uh, pivotal characters in Luffy's backstory. 
going into this, I was thinking like, I'm like, wait, Shanks had a kid in his crew. Then like, how come he was so like, you know, against Luffy joining? And I think they kind of rewrite in a way. It's like Luffy's too rambunctious. It's, like, it's not just Luffy's a kid, child. but he's like he, you know, he's he's too he's too wired. You know, he's he's like the little like. I don't know. Like the 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 doctors say he has something. Like that's that that's the vibe I get from Shanks now. Uh but so and even like the the anime episodes tied into this movie, the the very first anime uh, the the very first film read anime filler was was very slow and boring and the I didn't know anything about Uta, but the idea I got from this, I'm like, oh my god, she feels like uh, like a my OC inserted into One Piece, where everyone talks about how great she is, and well, she my doesn't. My OC has Todoroki yeah. hair, and she could sing so well, guys. She's the singer. and Shanks, she's and she's daughter. Shanks's daughter, and everyone loves her and talks about how great she is, and she, she can beat Luffy, Luffy at Luffy everything. Did, yeah. Okay. Okay. And let's I, let's leave my character alone. <laughs> I was getting nervous though, and I'm like, "Oh, geez, like Uta is not really winning me over here." I hope, and I was hearing about all these things about like the Uta songs getting booed at like French screenings or whatever. Really? Uh, yeah. Wow. Jeez. Ah, oh, the French. No one ever. Sa- no one ever says Italy. <laughs> but I. So I'm like, "Oh, geez, like is she insufferable?" But I think, despite all that, like. Her being like uh, her being a new pitiful part of Luffy's well-known backstory, I think she she meshed well. I think she felt like a, a, a like a well thought out One Piece character. And despite this being like a whole new concept to think about with Luffy's backstory, I think her dynamic with Luffy was very unique, charming. Still felt very in the spirit of One Piece. So like by the end of this movie, I felt very invested in her connection with Luffy, like I knew of it for 20 something years. And so I, it didn't really bug me too much. I, uh, um, sorry, go ahead. I was just say, it'll bug me when people start like, it'll, it'll continue to asking like, but where does this movie fit in with the Canon? Uh, newsflash. Uh, at least I, I could say this with confidence with toy, uh, animation property movies like this and Dragon Ball Z. These movies aren't canon. They're not supposed to take place in the canon. Uh, you want to know why these movies can't take place in the canon? Because fucking Big Mom is in this movie. Isn't she? Isn't she <laughs> yeah. in liquid hot magma sure. right now? <laughs> How could she be mom. in this? It's a slightly smaller mom. Didn't you see her color? She's like the off-brand different Smash character when you both want to be the same person. <laughs> I was just, I was also gonna say I'm like oh so I guess this movie uh, also confirms that Big Mom lives but who the <laughs> hell knows because it's not canon it's not supposed to take place in the story and and obviously uh, Luffy's referred to as uh, you know the uh, one of the uh, new emperors or the fifth emperor maybe I think that that, that was the line of dialogue it's like yeah, uh, oh he's the fifth emperor, emperor. and it was I know very Jill, funny because literally a second yeah, later Jill someone... snickered. Well, because it was literally that? a second later, someone goes, oh, the four emperors. I'm like, come on, guys. We got to yeah. – these are two lines a minute apart. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I will I will agree with that. I don't think her backstory was the best, but I think she messed very well with Luffy in the movie. I thought she was great. Um, you really get – you really care for Uta, I think, by the end there. Um, yeah. I thought it was an interesting almost meta dichotomy that uh, we go into this movie – pretty much knowing nothing about Uta. She's being like, I mean, she's getting the Yamato treatment. She has been thrust into this One Piece world 
I mean, we're learning everything about her all at once. But if you think about it, that's kind of how it is for her. She didn't even know Luffy was a pirate. She is brand new to the world of One Piece. She is a child entering. Um, so it's interesting that we're learning about her for the first time, but she's learning about everyone else for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, um, I, I agree. I, I think um, as a character, she's great. Um, I mean, it did nag at me, like we were talking about the, the, the backstory, backstory retcons, but that was one of those like critiques that it's like, and this isn't constructive. It's not, you know, it's not useful. Um, simply file that away. Because the character is so much fun. Um, because the movie takes its time and its care to show you her emotional state, not just in flashbacks, but in like, um, I was uh, an image I found especially powerful was that uh, that chilling way that she keeps eating those like shrooms that don't let you sleep. Yeah. Um, there, there's such a, there's such a viscerality to like, um, watching her body die on screen and uh, at the same time understanding where she's coming from just to this like, you know, for this nth degree of, of mania of trying to do what she thinks people want. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's very difficult to not completely sympathize with her by the end. I will say at I, the end there um, when they give her the medicine. Um, I really hate it when it's just like, I don't need this medicine. Then you just throw it on the ground. I'm like, this isn't an all or nothing thing. You can try <laughs> taking the last song and then maybe chugging that and see if it works. Like, I don't know why you had to break it. Like, we can try some stuff, lady. I think she, I, I think she just, I, I think she wanted to die, unfortunately. I kind of get, like, I, I'm trying to remember. It's been over a week now, but I was trying to remember. I'm like, okay, because... You know, she's angry about Shanks uh, like leaving her behind, but then we like know that she, she like she found out of like eventually that she unleashed Top Musica and that was kept from her, and you know so she knew that like Shanks was looking out for her, but even so like she reveals like I did know that and she's still going through with her plan, and I can't remember what her excuse was at that point. And I was like, so why did she unleash Top Musica again? Uh, I mean. It's, or, I gotta yeah, see I, the movie again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I think that's an interesting thing because they really don't go into that. Like you're saying, it's mm-hmm. really just like a line where she's like, "Oh, I knew that." It's like um, I knew, all, I knew all along. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I think know. I, 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 um, you know what? It might just be like she was afraid to live in the world, like you know, live in a world where she'd be judged for what she did. I think she knew it's like, what's the point? I might as well go all out, and I'm gonna die. Who cares? Well, because if I go on living, I'm only going to be seen as like a monster. Well, but also, I mean, have, have you, haven't you guys been in situations where, um, you know, you've had your feelings hurt and you, you know, mm-hmm. find out that perhaps the circumstances weren't what you thought, but you're still hurt. You still have wounds. And of course, so now it's not completely mm-hmm. logical that you're feeling pain, um, yeah. but you still have pain. So like, yeah, I mean, that's that's what I took from that. And for her, I mean, she was a child when it happened. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, it was her father that left her like even Mm -hmm. if it was all even if it was all for you know the best for her which it really wasn't but okay shakes so even (laughs) if it was for the best for her you know it it doesn't stop those hurt feelings as a child and then growing up and all that festering and i think it's also implied that top musica was influencing her a lot because it's some kind of demon music god yeah Uh, it like uh, possesses her or something uh, it's on that island I don't after, know, man. There's no one there. Take Gordon after, and go somewhere else. After you, after you all, hey, uh, he didn't have the budget for a boat, I guess. Uh, <laughs> after yeah, that after man is you, broke as hell. After you both suggested that Top Musica should have been like a manifestation of her trauma, I'm like, 
Oh, that's such yeah. a great motif. It's uh, potential, but uh, see, this is why I don't want to like go on the game be like best movie of all time, but it's way better than I thought it would be. Um, I'm trying to think what else because we, we I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about Uta before I try and move on to some other aspects of the movie, but I mean that was a lot of good stuff there. Um, uh, oh, I was I I had something in mind, had something. Oh, well, I should say this. Uh, you know, also we found out like way like how did Shanks and Uta meet in the first place? Thank God, like, because I have that that little bonus volume of film red. I think all of us have those. And I thought I spoiled myself seeing Top Musica's design. I'm so glad I didn't look further back and saw the thumbnail sketches and plot synopsis by Oda <laughs> uh, of of even bigger things. Uh, we get to see that little brief flashback where the super young red haired pirates. The first time we ever see them at this oh age, my God. And, like Shanks. Shanks looks to be around Luffy's age. Uh, I love Twink Shanks so much. Oh, little like little like little Babby Shanks little and his daddy. crew. Yeah, and <laughs> they daddy. they they just they just acquired a ton of treasure, and then they hear crying and a chest they open up, and like a you know little baby Uta's in there, uh, contrived, but who cares because it was very sweet. That was something brand new. That's like I'm like totally that's canon. Like that's those are the young red haired pirates. Like. That's not like that's just exclusive to this movie. I'm like, no, that is established. That's what they are. And, so we got that, and yeah, yeah. take it away, Joel. And I think so, not only is up. there, you know, obviously Shanks finds uh, her in the treasure chest, but it straight up states that, like, oh, I, what was the line there? Like, this happens this tends to happen or something like that. I can't even remember. But it is straight up pretty much stated that uh, Roger and Rayleigh uh, picked up Shanks as a child, mm, yeah. as a baby, yeah. which was implied. In the manga, so I am, I'm so happy that that's all but confirmed. And I'm like, in my heart, I like to think that Shanks and Buggy were found at the same time as like little children. Um, that was screaming. That, so happy. That was that was Shuggy one of the Nation. moments. That was one of the moments where I like rose from my, you know, <laughs> rose up from my seat. I, I I don't know if you remember, but I remember when we saw that brief little flashback of just from Shanks's perspective, you know, his little baby eyes seeing Roger and Rayleigh and a couple of the other Roger parts looking down. I rose. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> So like that was crazy too. Like, cause even like Stampede had that little bit of nugget uh, at the post credit scene with Roger, uh, you know, talking about, oh, I'm gonna have a son. Or he's saying that to Rayleigh, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And then uh, that wound up being in the manga, like the following year. Um, uh, like that's it's, so it's, it's so like now that I'm like familiar with that concept in Stampede. When I saw this in film red, I was like, oh my God, lore dumps. <laughs> I am um, something a little bit uh, here. I thought it was really funny because we, we were just talking about how like Shanks didn't take Luffy on his crew, even though he already had a kid. Probably, you know, because Luffy's like a special child. We need to keep him, you know, away from influencing my strange child. Um, but like, it's so odd that they also left Usopp. It's like we can only have one kid on the ship at a time. Like we're gonna leave this <laughs> other one behind yeah. too. Like they've had multiple options to have many children on board, but uh, clearly only Uta. Well, it would have been weird to take the baby but leave the wife. 
Yeah. <laughs> they have a woman on board. <laughs> and I just want to say, this is something that only I, you know, would notice. Um, but one of the red hair pirates, and I think I might have seen people talk about this on Twitter. Uh, give me a moment, because I don't remember any of these dudes' names other than uh, Rockstar. But um, I think it's... <laughs> Is his name literally Gab? Gab? Yeah. Gab. Gab. You know. Gab. Gob. Gabu. Who knows? Like People are like, oh, he kind of looks like the villain from the first One Piece movie. And then in this movie, he does an attack, like the same kind of devil fruit, like, well, same attack that the, the guy had in the first movie. Like, I think he had a devil fruit ability that allowed him to just shoot laser blasts out of his mouth. And that happens in this movie. And I kind of just went, hey, wait a second. But... Uh, most people have probably forgotten that first One Piece movie, but uh, I, that's my that's my interesting tidbit. Yeah, I didn't catch the connection there, but I did like notice the laser, and I was like, "What the hell mm, was mm-hmm. that?" That's, I don't know. It's it's, 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 it's like so the strange. guy from movie one. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's something I really want to commend this movie for. Is they had kind of a difficult tightrope to walk because there's a lot we don't know about the mm-hmm. red haired pirates in the manga, um, which obviously they're not going to like tell you game changing information in this movie that's non canon. Um, but they also don't want to make stuff up that isn't real later. So they really had this delicate type rope of like giving you what you know already, um, showing cool stuff, but not writing themselves into a corner or revealing anything too soon. And that was all balanced really great. Yeah. Um, that was that was narratively pretty tricky, and they pulled that off really well. I like and this movie has... Uh, uh, go ahead, Joe. I'll, I'll just make a joke. I like to think <laughs> that they signed Rockstar onto the Red Hair Pirates after they lost Uta because they... You know, they lost their idol, so I guess they had to go for a rock star afterwards. 100%. They had a genre change. Yeah. They, they lost their David Lee Roth, and they settled for <laughs> And Rockstar Gar- wasn't in any of those flashbacks, so I like... No, he was... Well, he was a late addition. Yeah. He, uh, I, he I read didn't the manga. need Uta, I think, uh, right? No, because he joined around uh, the Jaya arc. That's when Rockstar joined the Red Hair So he's Pirates. probably just really confused. He's yeah. just like, <laughs> what are we doing here? The well, captain well, he had get- a daughter? And no one told me. <laughs> he doesn't get a word in at all in this movie. Yeah. Um, Shame. Uh, also, this is our first, you know, interaction with Yasop and Usopp that we've ever gotten Bro, in the series. Oh, my God. That sent, like, that gave me chills. Th- um, that is my number one moment. Well, number two moment, I think. It was incredible. And it goes to show, like, all the... Like, and people are really transfixed on like the deadbeat dad thing in One Piece. People thought like, oh, Usopp should hit Yasop when he sees him again. And I'm like, I don't think you're paying attention to the series because Usopp doesn't blame his dad for leaving, nor did his mother. She probably had more of a good reason to, but she states why she doesn't like hate him. So why in like and and Usopp like like punches Kuro and so, and you know says like he's proud of who his father is. So I don't get why anyone would ever think Usopp would hate his dad. But Usopp has never truly like met his dad like as like a functioning human, you know, that could speak. Uh do you think so Usopp there, knows that Bunchin is dead? That his wife is dead? Yeah. What do you even know? I uh I don't know. Uh I don't know cuz yeah. I don't know I don't know if the red-haired pirates have ever gone back to East Blue. Right. Um and I feel like someone's going to point out it's like, "Oh, in this cover story it shows I I don't think so. <laughs> all, yeah, no, we only saw we, I'm like, "Okay, cool." I'm like everyone it's like there there's holes in all our memory. But no, I don't think I don't think red-haired I don't think the red-haired pirates ever went back to 
East Blue. I've had uh, this scene it, in my head for a while of Usopp meeting his dad for the first time and Yosef just being like, so how's your mother? No, yeah. chill. <laughs> That's how I think it's going to go. I'm ready for that sadness. Well, it's great though. It's like this kind of didn't blow it. Like, oh, they're big, you know, uh, you know, they're reuniting because yeah. it's it's done through like you know because it's like they're in the like the red hair pirates are in the real world and the straw hats are stuck in uh, Uta's dream world. So like uh, Usopp is only seeing through his dad's eyes, but he's he's, um, he's like oh my he's like oh wow, this is my dad. Yeah, and that was still like oh like like oh you're so close. Yet, yeah, you, well, you know, this, you know, not quite there, but that was still something special. And even like Shanks said, like, wow, you really get along great with your son. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of all I, the tight ropes they had to walk, that's the tightest rope. Right. Because that's like the culmination of Usopp's story arc, more or mm-hmm. less, is like when that occurs. And so they managed to give you that. And it was awesome. I loved that. It was so clever. But yeah, like you're saying, Steve, it didn't blow that. Um, you still feel that like. Uh, because I mean, they're in the midst of battle. Usopp didn't like have a conversation with his father te- telepathically. Um, so like the when they when they meet, that's still so much. What I'm hoping is reasonably complicated emotion. Um, yeah, that 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 so tricky to do. Um, I I, I realized I wanted I I was going to bring this up earlier because it was still tied to Uta, but. Uh, I was wondering if this was going to happen and there hasn't been too many times. There hasn't been too many uh, times where this has happened in past movies uh, to provide evidence, but uh, we get, you know, fifth gear, gear five, uh, Mm -hmm. sun God form Luffy in this. And that also got, you know, got me rising out of my chair so low to the ground. I wasn't sure if we would. I thought we might, Mm -hmm. even though it doesn't make sense timeline wise, but just because film co- or um, uh, uh, Gear 5 is such a hype moment and we've had it long enough in the manga that I was like, they're going to put it in there. They just got to have some kind of reference. And they had a whole thing. It was pretty cool. I I found... God, hopefully I saved it. Probably not, knowing me. Um, I saw someone mention this. Oh, I think it was it, it was a uh, friend of the show, uh, Gizem... Uh, you know, all the way from Germany, who finally got to see the movie after missing the premiere, because um, she talked about uh, the, you know, the the Gear Five thing, and I just want to share her thoughts on it. Because, uh, or am I totally misremembering? I don't know. I'm just gonna like say it and look for evidence later. But uh, uh. Uh, Luffy using Gear Five. Apparently, all the other attacks he used to try and like stop her were all his big attacks that like ended like the fight with Arlong, the fight with Crocodile, all these big moves that he used to save people. And what he wind up using to like finally free Uta, you know, only like the you know God of Liberation, you know, Nika. Uh, I I think the theming there is pretty uh pretty great. <laughs> that's pretty uh yeah. that's some that's some clever use of that character. I like that he never hit her the entire movie and they did mm-hmm. make a point of it. Um because he knows that she's not a bad person. She's just severely misguided and she's been hurt a lot. Um and uh I thought it was, you know, they had a really sweet relationship the whole time and that last yeah. scene. 
um, where it's like kind of washed out, watercolory end of the dream world. Um, and she pretty much just says goodbye to him, and he's just sitting there. That was, it was very. Oh my touching. god, that was it's, so good. Yeah, just it, not looking oh. at her. It. Mm. I can tell you, like this movie did so much to make it feel like Uta was always part of the cast. Um, and uh, now that I've done my, uh, Gizem has tweeted so much about this movie today. Uh, she did in fact talk about that. She did say that, like how. Uh, you know what you know the the clever use of Mika in there so I just want to make sure she got a shout out but yeah it a lot of great mo- like a lot of great emotional moments where despite this movie leaning on so much expository dialogue you had some great moments like that too uh d- did we all also get like a like a bolt of electricity down our spines when uh Shanks uh protected Uta from like probably Kizaru and said like she's my daughter bro that was sick so good oh because that's like a you know because that's also like a big statement like and we've seen so many moments like that in One Piece in the past like when Bellamere you know said to Arlong that money is actually for my daughters that like saying that of you know was was fatal for Bellamere because she died because of that you know and like so many these like these other reveals like saying like hey like this uh this this puts like a target you know on us but who cares i'm like i will not you know i'm not going to deny that this is my child so that was like a really great moment for shanks like shanks is awesome in this movie yeah uh wow he's yeah like i said stock gone up tremendously um but yeah i hmm is there anything else we haven't covered let's let's discuss discuss the campinos um <laughs> Cam- cameo watch 2022 there was so oh, many of them I thought, I thought you said the campy nose and i'm like who's I'm like, usops <laughs> brulees uh, <laughs> um i thought all the cameos were just so much fun um i keep forget every time he's off the screen i forgot how bartolomeo's dub voice is and my god what a treat everyone. so funny yeah so Tyson's funny so good yeah uh you know friend of mine uh <laughs> oh, I'm doing the name drop thing. I'm sorry, but no, I was happy to see yeah, that. Yeah, Tyson got that role, and it's exactly how Stephen described the voice he heard in his head when he was first translating those chapters. Where it's like, oh, when he gets his big tough voice, it's just like, you know, thug. You know, very, you know, uh, you know, think think of a henchman that says the bat. <laughs> it's, uh, right before they get jumped in the darkness, but. Uh, yeah, Bartolomeo, I think, probably has the least, you know, good reason yeah. of being there. Oh, he's, he's a, a stand. He's a stand. <laughs> That's yeah. what I enjoyed about this. It was there was like anyone could just show up because they just wanted to see a musical, and I was like, you know, what? that's fine. They just they're just fans. They want to go see the concert. Sure, throw anyone in there. I think I liked Oven more in this movie than I've liked him in anything else in one. Oh movie. yeah. It's oh like yeah. Increased his stock. Uh, a lot more for me. I've always kind of liked Oven, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and I and I've been wa- watching Whole Cake Island, uh, the dubbed episodes on Funimation now, and uh, yeah, like he's got such like a fun voice, uh, and yeah, he yeah he gets to do plenty in this movie, and uh, I knew Katakuri was gonna be in this, but I thought like I'm kind of glad that you know this movie held back on Katakuri because oh, I'm like, oh, is Katakuri gonna be stuck sad. in the dream world too? I, I'm a little sad. <laughs> I was hoping. Like, I, I was I, hoping I, I got some. Don't get me wrong. Right. But like, like I wanted a little more. Just less is more. Less is no. more. 
Um, <laughs> but they well, really hammered it... in the whole, oh, I got to protect my sister thing with Brule. And I was like, it's it a fun. huge part of his character. Yeah, and yeah. I just like it's all like, he oh. does, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let us not change the topic without talking about Uta Stan Beppo. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> uh, he has gone full glow stick mode. He's giving uh, full uh, uh, full costume. He has wings for Uta, and I love that he seems to have dragged Law to this Uta concert. And my man went along because he loves this bear. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm that... assuming Uta, uh, Beppo just went and like had I don't know. Law went around as a babysitter. Or like maybe yeah, because <laughs> I, 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 I can't recall what exactly Law's reasons were for being there. And I think the, the, the punchline was for Beppo. And that's that's that one piece writing. Like that's that one yeah. piece humor that is just so good. It's so simple yet so effective. Uh, yeah, they have the same energy of my dad taking me to see Pokemon, the first movie in 1999. 100%. <laughs> cla- my dad took me to Kong. Yeah, yeah, I got that. Yeah, I, I clapped like a seal when when Beppo revealed his 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 like his like Uta flag coming out the back. And it kept back. going off. Like I was yeah. off screen, and you could just hear it go off. A few yeah, times. yeah, yeah, yeah. Gordon was trying to do exposition dump, and Beppo's Uta flag just kept sounding off. And thankfully, they worked that into the plot, and like that's how they get discovered because uh, when they're first like on the run, because that yeah. display keeps going off. And then Beppo becomes smaller, and like my god. <laughs> I love that they're like, okay, we're going to have some cute characters in here. Beppo, adorable. We're gonna just going to shrink him down. Sunny-kun, oh my god, we're going to have this new cute little mascot. Chopper, always cute. And Bluno. <laughs> yeah, my favorite mascot character, Bluno. Um, yeah, I, I think I think those are really interesting how um, particularly... Partic- I mean, because um, uh, Kobe and Helmeppo are there as well. And I, I think uh, Rob Lucci is um, talking to like the the five elders or whatever. And like, I think it's interesting how, I mean, this is happening in the manga as well, but it's interesting how they're repurposing CP nine um, to sort of be like no longer uh, the arch enemies of Vinice lobby. Right. But like they have much more depth than that now. Um, and I like that. Uh, even Bluno is part oh, oh, Caulifa was there too. Bluno and Caulifa also get to do that. I, like that I think that's, oh, I'll say like, I'll wait to talk about that a little bit further, seeing how the current manga arc, uh, rolls out because uh the discussions we've had about rob Lucci recently i don't want to spoil the manga too much for you uh yeah i'm curious to see where these characters are gonna are, are gonna go but i mean uh, I, I mean based on the manga i fully think there's gonna be some kind of a face turn for rob Lucci. so wow i it's i never thought the day would come i yeah. thought <laughs> i like that on this island there were three different kinds of world government presence there was the regular marines who came to stop everything there was a uh, cp0 and um, then there was sword. Um, it was yeah. it was interesting having all of those you know work together, but also against each other with the the regular marines. Um, I do agree what Steve said way earlier. But Fujitora was kind of wasted in this movie, and I don't really think there was a okay. First of all, you're sending the blind man to the woman who fights using songs. I think we should have thought about this a little differently. Like, sure, he can use hockey, but like, come on, dude, the guy only has yeah. so many senses. Uh, uh, well, send Vice Admiral Momongo along with them. They'll be well, right. at, at at first, I thought they didn't pick Ryokugyu because it was too recent. But then Gear yeah. Five is in this movie, and I'm like, okay, well, I mean, they could have had him. I mean, like, I, I, I mean, there's a lot about him we don't know, and I guess I don't want to spoil that. I. Um, with I, like I, with with Gear Five, it's just it's almost like because the, the the scene's all monochrome and stuff. So, well, 
actually no, because I think you do see color, and apparently, yeah. uh, Gear Gear Five in this movie, besides uh, Luffy's like sash, I think it's like all monochrome. all white. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just saw him like, you know, at least like Luffy's already an existing character. Ryokugu has not been introduced. Well, technically, yes, he has been in like in the manga and the anime, but like just shrouded in darkness. He only saw like his like jawline and his mouth. But I just saw. I'm like. I don't know, just it felt a little out of character for Fujitora to be totally cool with just being like, yeah, you know, I guess we just got to kill these people. I don't when think we needed a second admiral. Like, there was just really no reason he didn't do anything. We could have just had Kizaru, who's a dick, anyways. Yeah, yeah Kizaru's already a sadist. He didn't yeah. need the other one. Oh, because yeah, Fujitora didn't really do anything. He didn't like do that much combat, really. And we did get, um, you know, we we, we did get our, uh, you know, our, our. Or, or, or updated version of the Ben Beckman and Kizaru uh, encounter for Marine Ford. <laughs> I, I had to silently cheer for that because <laughs> I'm like, yes, they're doing the thing again where, you know, Ben Beckman points his gun and Kizaru goes, whoa, Ben Beckman. Uh, <laughs> I had I had to silently squee. Wow, squee. You could tell I'm an old anime fan uh, at that. Uh, but yeah, Kizaru was a real bastard. In this one, um, I, uh, I wish I wish Smoker was there. There were plenty of Marines. Yeah, Give me Smoker. I did like Give me manga, Smoker and Tashigi. But uh, but Smoker would have been a very good choice as well. Smoker, I mean, Smoker had like a nice uh, prominent position in Stampede. So That's yeah, but there's never it. enough Smoker, folks. <laughs> <laughs> they could have put Hina. Yeah, I, I was I was hoping for Hina as well, because um, at some point there's just waves of Marines coming in, and I'm like, where's all my faves? Picture this. <laughs> Hina's there. We get Django in full body with Uta's songs. <laughs> like, what a miss opportunity. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> indeed. Uh, you know, we haven't really talked about the Straw Hats all that much, because, uh, you know, really, they don't get to do too much. They go on their, like, little, uh, you know, they, they, they go on their, like, whole, like, Scooby-Doo mission on uncovering like the mysteries of the island uh i would say like robin really gets the most shine out of all of them like well usopp has this moment with yasop zoro and sanji are just there to kick ass uh and make fun of each but, other uh, yeah. every line that they had with each other was so good yeah uh yeah, sanji's especially venomous in the dub <laughs> where he, he threatens to shove all three of zoro's swords up his ass folks uh, flirting listen <laughs> You know, I think I think I, I think I definitely made a sound at that. Yeah, I, I forget. I didn't even pay attention. I didn't even realize if Zoro had Enma in this movie. Uh, I was uh, watching. There, there's 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 not a lot of Zoro. I think he only maybe does half a dozen like combat situations. Yeah, most of the um, Straw Hats pretty much were just there. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, he has I mean, he has he does have Enma in this movie. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you said at best, Steve. There's like One Piece movies such as Film Gold that are like Straw Hat focused, and then there's One Piece movies. Um, yeah, like this one that are really not, and so like mm-hmm. they're they're really supporting characters in their own movie. Um, Jinbei's first movie that was excellent. Yes. Um, yeah, they did definitely focus a few times on Jinbei. Well, he had a lot of moves going on um, that I just I was just pleased to see him. I love yeah. that like 
I, I swear there was a line where he's just like, oh, are we dressing up or something? And I was like, Jimbei, yes. welcome to the crew, man. This is how everything happened. I, <laughs> it just broke my heart when Jimbei was like, why are we wearing these ridiculous outfits? I'm like, oh, I really thought Jimbei had that in his in his wardrobe, that big Elvis costume. Uh, <laughs> breaks it out specifically. Yeah. He was actually yeah. going to be an impersonator back in Fishman Island. Um, it didn't pan out very well, but he still has it. still fits in it. It was hard making money in the Fishman economy. Uh I will say probably the highlight with the Straw Hats were being like all of their like uh, like their collaborative team attacks in it. Like oh yeah, uh, yes. like Zoro and Sanji get to do something. Uh, like it it, it it was almost like it, it it felt like a video game where it, it like uh, like a two on two fighter where it's like ah you pick Jimbei and Frankie and then they do like a cool special where you know Jimbei will just punch a like a big you know powerful like stream of water and frankie's at the end of it spinning you know <laughs> yeah it was yeah, it, it, that was pretty great yeah i mean i, I haven't mentioned this yet but I, I did would be remiss if i didn't mention like the the finale of this movie with the, um uh you know the observation hockey between the red hair pirates and the and the straw hats like everybody has like a has like a partner um <laughs> that they do their attacks with um and I mean that's my favorite straw hat moment in the movie. Um, yeah, yeah. I I, uh, I I thought those were kind of clever and inventive. It was very cheesy, um, but it's the kind of cheesy that you're like, yeah. yeah. But, it, but it was you're so, so excited. Okay, like I I've seen the My Hero movies in theaters and see other people get excited for those. I'm like, this ain't that cool. I don't know what you're talking about. And then like I'm like I'm above this and I'm in this One Piece movie and I'm like, yes, yeah, yes. <laughs> was actively shadow boxing in my seat when everybody got to team up with the red haired pirates who attacked. Yeah, oh, it was awesome. Um, now I guess maybe we should talk about like the final moments of the movie with because uh, I one thing I was worried about this movie is like they can't have Luffy reunite with Shanks that breaks the no. whole yeah thing. No. It's like you know we seen before in Marine Four like Luffy was passed out, so like for Luffy to kind of like you know, kind of regain consciousness and like the, the red haired pirates are already far enough away sailing and he just catches a glimpse of them and they're clearly mourning over the death of uh, Uta. Uh, really powerful stuff. And that's like the last thing you see, I think, before the credits roll. It's uh, interesting going into this movie because you really know that something's going to happen to Uta because like they're not going to make her you know, rejoin Shanks's crew so right. you can see her later in the manga. And like, what are the other two options? She gets stuck somewhere and is never mentioned again, or she dies. And it's, you know, you have that feeling throughout the entire movie. It's always on the back of your mind that this is not going to be really a happy ending. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially, especially when CP zero uh, reveals like her plan mm -hmm. with the shrooms. Yeah. I will say though they do do it in a way that One Piece has made bigger leaps with like oh Uta's not dead, you know what I mean? If if they did want to use her again, I think they left room for that. Went to a farm upstate. Yeah, yeah, because like her death shot is just this wide shot of the of the red haired pirates surrounding her, and you don't even see her. I don't believe so. Um, yeah, it looked like she was like it looked like they were like around like a casket or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, I, I definitely think the cinematic language is telling us she's dead. But I, I mean, like I said, One Piece has made bigger, <laughs> bigger jumps. Well, it's nice that sometimes, you know, when I talk about exhibition heavy, I'm glad, you know, One Piece will allow moments like this where it's like, 
Yeah, it's pretty obvious, and maybe we should get confirmation. But I think like the writing's on the wall. Like you could, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you could read the room, um, and uh, and then the ending credits. If you've been mad at the anime for skipping over like the cover stories, especially the around the world ones, uh, Josh, you had to miss out on this because you had to go catch another screening. But huh. most of the stuff during the credits was kind of just like. Uh, it, it, some nice like anime still images of a lot of those cover stories. So oh, cute. A, a lot of your favorites that you haven't seen in quite some time there. And like, you know, we're just like, yeah, them, them, you know, like you see like uh Bon Clay's cover story. We're obviously, you know, they're the new uh, Ivan Kov of uh, level 5.5 and impelled down. You see Bellamy like design, like designing flags and stuff. Uh, and then uh, the visceral roar that came out of my mouth when Johnny and Yosuku were on the screen. Yes. Oh, my God, man. <laughs> what were they doing? Uh, fishing. Oh, it <laughs> was that. every at- screenshot was them listening to different Uta songs, theoretically. Like, they were all listening to music, so... Honestly, gay rights. I love that. It was uh, like they were like they were like near like Kokoyashi because I think Genzo and Nojiko were like they were like at a dock and Genzo and Nojiko were there and Johnny and Yosuku were fishing and it, it, I just I screamed I screamed I screamed because uh, I was just so happy to see them again. Steve and I were like uh, that meme where it's like the guys in the row watching something just completely like stoic and then immediately oh, the next panel yeah. they're all standing yeah. up like because like right after johnny osako there was like shirahoshi listening to things too. yeah, like, yeah. just look over at chill and i'm like this is your moment uh yeah like a few like a few nice uh cameos there um uh and oh yeah smoker and toshigi were there too but they were like like sometimes you would like be on screen like who are all these people i, I don't know and then you look in the far corner and then they're like like because <laughs> they show like a bunch of like they showed like a bunch of like the punk hazard kids that they rescued. I'm like, I don't know who these are. And then I looked in the top right corner and there's like Smoker and Toshigi with like their back turned. Like they're just like walking. And I'm like, Arr! there they Trash. are. Trash. Uh. <laughs> and Some then there w- sucks actually. And then there was a brief uh, post credit scene where it was just, you know, things are back to normal. Luffy's sitting on the, on the head of, of the Sunny. And then he's like, oh, hey, Sunny, you don't talk no more. Uh, because I don't think we talked at all that. Oh no, we did talk about a while ago that Sunny, you know, gets baby yoded in this movie. Yes, oh, indeed. Incredible. It's clearly for merchandising and just yes. cute. But like, that's okay worked. with me. <laughs> Damn <laughs> if I they didn't it. do a great job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love the one scene where Sunny sits on Luffy's head because I was like, oh my god, role reversal. Yes. <laughs> and just like the review when they're at the docks, like where'd the sunny go? And then it just appears and just all the ooing and awing <laughs> in the in the audience. I was and it Yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Uh I, I was hoping that um Sonny and Frankie would have like at least a few more moments together. Oh, he had a great line. He's like, "Wow, that's some upgrade." <laughs> no, it was like a mod. He said, "That's a weird yeah. mod or something." Like mod. it's 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 the perfect Frankie line. Yeah. It's so in character for him. That's another thing. It's like I don't, I who knows if that's what you know is said in original Japanese version. But you know, if not, that's just again me tipping my hat to you know the dub. Probably Clint Bickham. I don't know who uh, did the ADR script for this movie, but just like. You know, punching up the script, but doing it in a way that just serves the story like better. It's just like you know, this character would say it like this. You know, it's 
Because like like Frankie's line in film gold saying, "Ah, oh, you're a pervert too." He doesn't say that in the Japanese version, but it's such a great in character line mm-hmm. for Frankie to say. So, but I I think that I I, I don't know if there's anything we, we probably did. There's so much happening in this movie, but that that's that, that's that's plenty for you to get spoiled on, or if you waited to see the movie and listen to this to now reflect upon. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else you two need to get out of your system about this movie. I, I mean, all I want to say is I, I tweeted it when we saw it. Folks, this one's for the gays. Um, <laughs> it's it's all your favorite hot guys. Um, it's giving you all the pop girly that you need. Um, she's also, uh, it comes in so many flavors because she's like fun pop. And then it's like deranged pop. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then there's like so, like a somber, like a, almost a ballad situation. Um, it's dancing, it's um, shirtless guys, it's, 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 it's everything um, that you want, that I'm talking to the seven people who listen to this show who are with me here. That's what you want. Um, and yeah, it easy, easily in my top three. Yeah, I... Um... And I just said, I hope that both of you now listen to that EP a bunch because I was originally like, oh, I shouldn't listen to this before the movie, yeah. but then I decided to, and I'm like, oh, this is the album of the summer right here. Yeah. The, <laughs> one, the, uh, the one I've come back to most is her deranged one when she's like really losing it. That's the one that's kind of got the most replay. I think, that's, I, th- I think that's the Top Musica song. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Never mind. Top Music is good. Actually. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's why I didn't destroy it. Like, Gorn's like, damn, it's just too much of a bomb. <laughs> who ca- yeah, who damn, cares? It if- goes off. <laughs> who cares if it's it. problematic? <laughs> Listen, like, you got to separate the art from the artist. Uh, no, I this movie was really great. Like, yes, I had my issues with it, and it was kind of the backstory. But you know what? It was just really fun to watch. It was enjoyable from the first part um, to the end. Um, it's. You know, it really cuts to the heart of relationships within One Piece. Um, everything with Shanks and Uta was so heartwarming. Um, I have a really good relationship with my dad, but I don't see him that much anymore. Um, so I thought that was, you know, it, it's it kind of touches on you sometimes. Um, yeah, you know, I hope everyone who watches this has a great time. I'm going to definitely listen to the soundtrack more before I go see it. Um, I am going to go see it in about a week. Um, I'm going to see an IMAX sub, so I'm pretty jazzed about that. Um, not going nice. to join you guys in Burbank, unfortunately, but I should see it again. <laughs> not soon. nice. I know. Devastating. I'm sorry. I have to record I will say... it in. <laughs> oh, <I'll laughs> don't it do in, it. Don't Sam, don't do it. <laughs> I will say, because usually, you know, you know, audio mixes tend to be a mixed bag when I go see these anime movies in theaters. And I wouldn't say, like, the, the sound was perfect during this movie, but when those Uta songs hit, Oh, that the the that theater would 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 shake. So I am very much looking forward to an IMAX screening of that. I want to, I want my whole body to feel like Jello by the Absolutely. end. Absolutely. Um, I really want. I I don't think we'll have them in the U.S. Unfortunately, but I would love to go go to one of those screenings. Now that I've already seen it, one of the screenings where it's like you sing along with it, you get up like an idol screening. I think it'd be so much fun with this. Okay. Thing. Uh, I. I don't care to ever do one of those. <laughs> I, 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 that's, 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 that's dumb. Uh, no, uh, film red. I would totally do that. I, 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 I want, I want to do the glow stick thing. Uh, my only experience, uh, my only experience of doing something like that was at the, the stage show at one piece at Tokyo tower. And I'm like, this is silly. And then now it's like going like, even before seeing film red, I'm like, 
man, I kind of want to do that glow stick thing. I know I'm gonna like, the, I'm, I'm gonna enjoy hearing these songs in the movie. So I would, I'd make exception for that. I have Final Fantasy fourteen glow sticks. Uh, <laughs> last fan fest concert. So yeah. Alternatively, Uta could just tour with Gaga and Hatsune Miku, uh, <laughs> which is already a show, and so she, they could just add her in. She's digital. Why not? I'll be honest with you. Uta would be an incredible like addition to like a Miku concert or something. Jill, Jill I would buy the tickets so fast. Me too, man. Like <laughs> they should think about that. I'm not lying. I'm, yeah, that's I'm, a free that's a free idea, but you have to compass tickets. I want my big uh Beppo fan to wear on my back. Absolutely. So. I would kill to see a Beppo cosplayer with that. Like putting it out in the world, trying to make it happen with this energy. Please someone cosplay Beppo Uta fan. Yes, One Piece film red. You'll be, you'll be film redding in the aisles. <laughs> are you are you are you red? E? Are you ready, kids? Aye aye, Captain. Yes. Overall, I give One Piece film red uh, five new eras out of five. Uh, <laughs> Sounds great. Go see it when it comes out. I hope they've seen right. it already. They're listening to our spoiler <laughs> rant here. <laughs> this podcast wraps up and someone's like oh i should have just went and saw this movie well now they don't have to listen this far if if you listen this far and didn't see the movie uh you get a some kind of reward but you should experience joy (laughs) we should not have been your first experience with this film but uh thank you for the listen though but uh yeah, I think we'll just wrap it up here. Uh, we'll do some plugs. Uh, Jill, where could the good people find you? You can find me um, at Piratess Unluck on Twitter, and also, uh, and Sam and I have a um, we have a podcast as well called Reel It In. You can find us um, at Reel It In OPP on Twitter. We go over uh, live action adaptations of different anime movies, and we do also focus on news that we have from the current. Uh, the current one piece live action Netflix series that's being worked on. Um, so any news we have of that, we post, um, we will be recording our next episode soon. <laughs> uh, we are going to be going over the live action bleach and full metal alchemist anime movies. Um, I haven't seen those yet, so I'm pretty excited. Um, and our most recent episode, we went over, um, Pacific Rim and, um, Scott Pilgrim. So worth it to watch if you're interested. Hell yeah. Dope. Josh, where can the people find you? Um, you can find me online at all your social networks, uh, user Amons, A-M-O-N-N-S. Um, and also you uh, can find me and fellow crewmates Vero and Brodsky um, and our forthcoming podcast, Love Letters, uh, which is a titular love letter to all kinds of media that we and our various guests love um we are a little behind in recording due to personal situations but we will be back on that soon uh and you can find that on twitter at love letters pod uh, l-u-v letters pod let me know when you guys want that final fantasy 14 episode <laughs> jill you're you're pre-booked thank you yeah just let me know when we're ready and i'm just i'll be there i'll have to i'll have to decide what i'm gonna have to come to bat for when i am uh invited <laughs> uh yeah, when you're invited yeah, only oh. <laughs> still holding out for that uh, that 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 invite to the love letters red carpet premiere. Um, and of course, I've been your host, Steve. You can find me at steveyurko.com. 
at Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, at Steve Yurko. The podcast you can find at OnePiecePodcast.com, Twitter.com slash OnePiecePodcast. Support us on our Patreon, where I'll also plug the finale of Force to Watch 4 Kids, the podcast I do with co-host Alex, where we watch through every single episode of the 4Kids dub of One Piece. is uh, has just been released, and uh, please go check that out. And also listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. Uh, send us an email, onepiecepodcasts at gmail.com, or call us on our phone number. Zach? Steve? Steve, yes. That number is 347-497-MAJI. That number, once again, is 347-497-6254. Call anytime. Anytime. Spite- Anytime. No one calls that number. It's a Skype number. I don't even I, know if Zach even checks. The oh, is that mail. even still working? <laughs> I I hear that call anytime in my dreams. The way he <laughs> says that phrase. That's that, you know. I wish I heard that from more people, just to know where we stand in our friendships. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. call anytime, and then hear an echo of anytime. I'm like, oh, they do care. Uh, <laughs> uh, Thank you so much for listening to the show. Uh, thank you, Jill and Josh, uh, for being uh, my Film Red uh, roundtable. Uh, I like that alliteration right there. Uh, you know, two R's, that's close enough. That counts. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, catch us next week. The, the manga will be back, I'm sure. Uh, uh, I should say. Thank you, Sam, for doing the anime recap. If we did it, if not, Dan, cut this. <laughs> Keep it in. Keep or, it or in, I sh- Dan. Or I should it say in. it again. <laughs> or, or just, I, I said it in a voice like this, so then it's just like even if we cut out the part where I tell Dan to cut it out, it's gonna sound really weird. That I got loud for a moment. <laughs> uh, Sam, thank you for hosting our anime recap. Of course, uh, that'll do it. Uh, until next time, my name is Steve. My name is Jill. And I'm Josh. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>